Please welcome your CEO coach. WebmasterRadio.fm presents a show custom built to give you everything you need to build your business on the web. From funding to finances, set up to staffing, the CEO coach will break down the art of business development from the ground up by one of the experts of online business growth, management, and development. Now, here to get you started is your CEO coach, Jillian Musick. Welcome to CEO Coach. This is Jillian Music. I'm going to be your host for the next half hour, and we're going to talk about KPIs, Key Performance Indicators, what to track, what's important, and what's not. Let's get a start. There are several kinds of KPIs as, that you're going to want to track as an entrepreneur. It's going to be numbers that you need, the numbers your board or investors are going to need, and what the tax man's going to need. Don't confuse these. They are not necessarily the same numbers. It's not that you have several sets of books, and it's not that you're cooking anything. It's just that what you need to know is different, for example, than what your tax man's going to be asking. You're going to gather numbers from a number of different places in your business. If you're starting on your own or you've got two or three people, it's just a few of you sitting around and reporting in your own numbers. But later, it becomes entire teams. So setting in place the rigor by which you will track your success really early is one of the key performance indicators for success in the company that I would look for. So there's your first key performance indicator. Are you setting in place the rigors of tracking key performance indicators? How about that for circular thinking? You're going to get numbers from your marketing team. You're going to get numbers from your engineering team and from your finance team if you're a tech company today. All right, so here we go. KPIs, the very first thing you want to do is track your burn rate and your runway. The burn rate is what you're spending every month more than what you're making. So if you're not making any money yet, it's everything you spend every month. But as soon as you start making any money, you take your gross income, you subtract your expenses, and whatever you're spending more than what you're making, that's your burn rate per month. Then we move on to the runway. It isn't important just to know what you're spending. It isn't important just to know what's in the bank. Obviously, you want to take what's in the bank, uh, subtract the, excuse me, divide that by the average burn rate and say that's how many months you've got left. Unless, of course, you know that your burn rate is increasing or decreasing month over month, then you adjust the number of months you'll have money for, and that's your runway. So cash flow and burn rate, important thing, it's perhaps the most important financial item you're going to need to track. It's how quickly you're going through your cash reserves and how fast you must build them up. Then you can calculate whether you're going to be able to build them up with sales or whether you're going to build them up with a new revenue source. In other words, do I need to raise money and do I need to do it now? Knowing this well in advance of its time gives you enough time to get out and beat the bushes for angel investment, VC investment, whatever it is. This kind of information will go on with you forever for the life of your business. When you start early, it's going to be a whole lot more easier later. You're going to want to know things like accounts receivable. In some industries, you're going to collect money kind of up front, uh, maybe SaaS services and so on. In some industries, you have to invoice later if you're doing service and so on. Accounts receivable. 
how long does it take you for invoices to be paid? If you be paid instantly, there's you know fast answers. But if you're in the service industry and then you send out an invoice and the average invoice is not paid until 48 days, you need to not be counting on a 30-day pay rate. You may need additional cash to float along the way. You may need to increase your rates to accommodate for it. And it could be as little as 1% or 2%, but it could make all the difference in the health, the financial health of your business. You definitely want to know the gross profit margin. Finance has got to report to you the gross profit margin. This means what you sold the item for minus the cost of goods. Cost of goods does not necessarily include salaries. It depends on what you're selling. I'd say a good place to start are some of the conversations around the definitions of cost of goods from the U.S. Department of the Treasury, the IRS, the Internal Revenue Service. Understanding the basics of what would go into a cost of goods versus uh, overhead would be a good start for understanding your tax issues and the kind of financial reporting that you're going to need from your finance department for tax issues. So go there and start. Gross profit margin ratio in general, basically your cost of goods subtracted from the amount that you charge. How about your return on investment? So whether it's a new product or a marketing campaign, don't take uh, this initiative on, don't begin unless you understand how much you're about to spend on this effort and when you can expect to get your money back, when you can expect for it to pay itself back, if you will, and get back to the zero mark and then start making you money. And you'll want to know what kind of money it's likely to make you. In the broadest sense, an angel investor or a venture capitalist does that sort of thing, right? They're going to give you a pot of money and you're going to give them back a bigger one. So the question is, what's the return on their investment? You understand the concept. It's easy. Customer acquisition, your cost of customer acquisition is something that is often overlooked by the very earliest startups. They think of it as time, effort, and so on. They don't really calculate it. It would be a really good idea really early on, especially if you're in the service industry, to figure out how long it takes you and how many physical hours of labor, including things like phone calls, emails, coffee, dinners, whatever it is it takes to land a client this is your cost of acquisition. It's not the cost of maintenance of the client, it's the cost of acquisition. In other businesses, for example, a SaaS service, it's much easier to figure it out. It's your cost of PPC, it's the cost that you're putting into your search and social media, especially if you're outsourcing it, that's a nice clean number. If you're doing it in-house again, you're going to have to track things like hours and effort, salary, headcount, and so on. Okay. There's an excellent article at SoCalTech.com. S-O-C-A-L, Caltech, right, dot com, so, a Southern Caltech.com, articles slash the most important financial items entrepreneurs should track. It's a great little article, and it's written by David Ehrenberg, E-H-R-E-N-B-E-R-G. So begin there, and I will put that link into our Facebook page as well. As you move forward through the financials, the question is what kind of information are you going to get from your financial department that you can make decisions on? One of the most important things you'll make a decision on is what we would call the milestone financing. The question is how long do you have money? How long is it going to last you? When should you start raising more money? Do you need to raise more money? Do you need to adjust the pricing of your product? 
what will it change if you add more products or different kind of products to your services or your product lines? When you understand these kinds of things, the numbers coming out of your finance department will help you maintain a healthy financial bottom line. Let's move on to what we would do at, uh, from the marketing department. We're going to take a break here at CEO Coach. When we come back, we're going to talk about marketing KPIs. This is the space where we think of KPIs most frequently in startup and, of course, in established corporations. This is Jillian Music at webmasterradio.fm. We'll be right back. More on how to build your business on the web with the CEO coach right after this. Building better search engine rankings takes the right formula. Tracking those rankings is super simple. All you need is authoritylabs.com. Authority Labs uses automated daily rank tracking tools to monitor your site's performance or leverage their API to build your own tools. No matter what animal-labeled algorithms affect your ranking, you should be using Authority Labs. Unlimited users for no additional cost and white labeling can help keep your clients updated and save countless hours of creating reports. Whether you're running sites with just a few or millions of keywords, what you need is AuthorityLabs.com. Ever wondered how you could have access to your own SEO expert, paid search specialist, or social media wizard? Looking for help with your affiliate display media or email marketing? Look no further than the folks at Fang Digital Marketing. Fang Digital specializes in both paid and organic search, social media, display, and mobile advertising solutions, and is staffed by industry veterans from Google, Yahoo, and one of the industry's most influential PPC experts. Fang Digital's award-winning staff stays on top of the latest digital trends and offer tailored solutions so they can audit your progress and build a roadmap to your success. Learn more about that now. Are your online campaigns getting more clicks than conversions? Then you need to sign up for Conversion Conference East 2013, happening September 30th to October 2nd in Boston. If you want to start increasing revenue and stop wasting money, you ought to be at Conversion Conference East 2013. Discover why Conversion Conference was selected as one of 2013's must-attend conferences by under 30 CEO, and why over 900 leading companies send their marketing teams, web designers, and executives. What's more, webmasterradio.fm listeners get a 10% discount on their pass. Simply register online at conversionconference.com with promo code WMFM or click through the Conversion Conference banners on the webmasterradio.fm website. Wouldn't it be nice to invest less and convert more? See you at Conversion Conference East 2013 in Boston, September 30th through October 2nd. Sign up with promo code WMFM for 10% off registration right now at conversionconference.com. Mobilizing your marketing efforts. Welcome to Mobile Presence. Discover the best practices for tracking and targeting mobile marketing. Mobile Presence on demand anytime inside the Internet Marketing Channel. Only on WebmasterRadio.fm. We're back with Jelly and Music, the CEO coach. Only on WebmasterRadio.fm. We're talking about KPIs today here at CEO Coach. We've talked about some of the financial KPIs and what it can tell you and how you'll understand how much money you've got and how long it's going to last. It also tells you when you're going to have to raise money or whether you have to adjust things in the stuff that you sell. It's really that simple. Now we're going to talk about some marketing KPIs, and KPIs is a terminology most often used in marketing. We're going to follow the money backwards. Most people start with, well, traffic to my website. I'd say, no, don't start there. You'll have to track it, but let's look at what happens. Then we'll talk about how it happens. So starting with what happens, 
let's look at the total earnings per day, week, and month. Well, that sounds like a financial KPI. Marketing had better be looking at that financial KPI. It's really a marketing KPI. What did you achieve? What you achieve is money in the bank. Let's make sure we keep that really, really clear. Follow the money backwards in the marketing department. So the first thing you want to track again is earnings per day, week, and month, and then year over year and month over month and week over week. You want to find the patterns. You want to learn them. If every year in July everybody goes fishing and doesn't buy your product, then that's the way it's going to be. You should know to expect a dip in July. The question is, is this July better than last July? Is every Monday better than the last Monday? Or is every first of the month better than the last first of the month? Let's take a look at things in relative order and understand how we're doing, relatively speaking. We're going to do that with every single marketing KPI. In marketing, we want to discuss things around the day of the week, the week of the month, the month of the year, and the year-over-year year numbers. There are always patterns to be found, and when you know them, you know what to expect, and you can guide yourself against what you're expecting. All right. For example, we know that as we get towards Christmas, the retail sales of things go up because people buy more stuff. They're buying holiday gifts, right? If you're stuff is going down in December you have or in November you have a problem it's certainly a problem if you're doing that on if you will Black Friday or um, you know Cyber Monday but it's not so much if it's a time of year when your product wouldn't ordinarily sell a great deal okay next you want to look at the conversions the number of conversions that were required to achieve whatever it was that you just put in the bank we made a hundred bucks today and it took 10 sales to do it, we made 10 bucks a sale. Or we made 100 bucks today, it took 10 sales to do it, one of the sales was $1, and one of the sales was, you know, 80 bucks, and the rest of them were one and two bucks, and so on. You want to know where that spread is. How do we make more of that $80 sale happen? These are funny numbers, but you get the idea. You're going to want to track, therefore, the conversions, and the number of conversions required to achieve it. When you divide the conversions by the number required to achieve it, you get an average. You want that average to increase over time. How it happens. Let's take a look at how these things are going on. You do want to track the traffic to your website. Absolutely. It's a big KPI. How many people are showing up? Can we get more people to show up? How they show up is getting into the weeds. You want to know if they're coming from social, whether you had to pay for it through PPC, right? not optimal, or whether they came through organic search. You want to know whether they came from mobile platforms, you want kind of from tablets, and yeah, from desktops. Basically, you want to know where you're catching these people. If everybody's coming from your mobile phone, you better make sure you're totally optimized on a mobile device. It means nobody's checking you out when they're at home or when they're hanging around at their office. They're checking you out when they're on the road. You have something they need when they're on the road. The time on your site, let's say they are checking you out from home or office and they're sitting on a website and they're cruising through pages. You want to check your bounce rate. That's when they show up and they leave fast enough to be known as a bounce rate. They did not find what they want. 30 seconds or less, sometimes 10 seconds or less. You decide exactly where that number is and you decide on your bounce rate. This is not necessarily Google's bounce rate. You know what you need to say, aha, I have an engaged reader. If it's very complex stuff, it's far more than what Google would call a bounce rate. Even if they're leaving after a minute, they may not have really gotten what you had to offer. 
time on site is the next thing that follows kind of naturally. How much time are they spending on your website? A minute, a minute and 32 seconds? How about if it goes up to a minute and 34 next month? That's not very much difference, but if it keeps going up two seconds a month, over time things will improve. Let's see if we can't improve it by minutes. Sometimes you can and sometimes you can't. It all depends on what you're selling, the complexity of it, and the requirements of reading and in-depth understanding and, and so on, digging. Sometimes time on site might be something you want to reduce toward a conversion rate. If it's taking seven clicks to get to your conversion and you're still getting there, that's great. Maybe you're putting up too many hurdles. Maybe you should get it three clicks and you've really gotten the conversion and, or you're at least at the landing page and the last couple of clicks will be just to you know, give credit card and get going. If you can reduce the time on site required to get to conversion, that's a good thing. Otherwise, we're kind of looking for increases on time on site. The pages viewed and the content consumed. The more people are consuming your content in general, the more engaged they are. That's pretty good stuff again. Temper it again with, if you're getting to a conversion, and I had to consume eight pages worth of content to finally get where I'm after, but I could have done it in two, maybe you want to streamline my event here. On the other hand, if I only consume two and I don't get to conversion, you don't want to streamline me. You want me to take all the time I need to get where I'm going, and I get you the money. Again, we're following the money backwards. Everything is balanced by another metric. One of the things we really like to track is shares. There is a correlation between your placement in search engines, certainly in Google, and the number of shares of your URL. I was just talking about this with one of the companies I mentor. Right? When people share anything that does contain your domain, your domain itself increases in value, if you will, in authority in the search engines. You do move up. So thinking about what you want to deploy that would be a good thing, too. Are you deploying things that include a link to somewhere on your website? That's good, but it's even better when other people are doing it. So you want to create content that is so compelling that when people read it, they want to share your stuff. <clears throat> Finally, you want to look at engagement in the social platforms. So the raw number of fans, right? How many Facebook fans do we have? How many Twitter followers do we have? How many folks are tracking us on Pinterest? and so on. These are things that a lot of CEOs get all wrapped up about. The CMOs, not so much. And they're absolutely right. The raw number is only a beginning. And I've talked about this on a number of my other shows, but it bears repeating. It really doesn't matter if you have a million fans. It's somewhat interesting, and it should be a KPI, if they start talking back to you. This is some engagement. But think of it with you in the center of a circle and a single filament of hair reaches out toward that one person that's going to talk back to you. Maybe now you have two filaments. It is easily broken. But in the event that the people who come to your Facebook page, your Twitter platform, your website blog, all of the places, all of your houses, right, all of the places where you post and you talk, and they come to your house to converse among themselves, not necessarily just to you and back, but among themselves, that's when you have an interesting KPI. This is a strong social community. You do want to track not just the raw number of fans and the number of times they're talking to you, but the engagement. That means how often are they showing up and talking to each other? 
It's the number of comments you're going to have on blogs. It's the comments you'll have on your Twitter stream that include your pound name of your company or perhaps at you as well. How many tweets and retweets do you have and how often is it shared among all of your followers? We're going to take another break here at CEO Coach and ponder the idea that your KPIs are important in marketing when everybody shows up at your house to have the conversation. This is Jillian Music at CEO Coach. We'll be right back. Stay tuned. More on how to build your business on the web with the CEO Coach right after this. If you're constantly struggling to find more customers, revenue, or hours in the day, Infusionsoft can help you have the business you've always wanted. For over 10 years, Infusionsoft has been helping business owners just like you find the financial freedom and peace of mind you've been searching for. I'm Scott Martineau, co-founder of Infusionsoft. If you're struggling to find more customers, more revenue, or more hours in the day, Infusionsoft is the proven solution you're looking for. Infusionsoft, the only all-in-one sales and marketing software created specifically for small businesses. Learn more at www.infusionsoft.com slash radio. I'm John Ball, and I'm one of the founders of Page One Power. Page One Power is a custom link building firm based in Boise, Idaho. We increase search rankings and web traffic for world-class brands and mom-and-pop shops all around the globe. Our link building strategies work because we focus on relevancy and quality, and we don't outsource anything. Our in-house staff are .com. Join the thousands of search and social media marketers at one of the largest events of the year. FCS San Francisco 2013. September 10th through the 13th. Learn more at fcsconference.com. Check out Daily Meet the Expert Roundtables, where you can take part in intimate and informative discussions with industry icons. Add over 70 sessions, a crowded expo floor, on-site training at the ClickZ Academy, and webmasterradio.fm search bash, and you'll have FCS San Francisco 2013, September 10th through the 13th. Register for FCS San Francisco 2013 by clicking on the banner ads from the webmasterradio.fm website, or go now to fcsconference.com. Please hold while we connect you to one of the most sought-after experts in SEO, analytics, and web development. Office Hours with Vanessa Fox, on demand anytime inside the Search Engine Optimization Channel, only on webmasterradio.fm. We're back with Jelly and Music, the CEO coach, only on webmasterradio.fm. Talking about the very basic KPIs for a very early stage startup online today. We talked about some financial KPIs and some marketing KPIs. Uh, there are plenty more on the marketing KPIs, of course. You can get deep into the weeds, but an overview we uh, discussed, including things from traffic on site and so on, but always focused on the money in the bank. What went right? What made it go right? And how can we replicate that? With that in mind, you will be able to select key performance indicators that tell you we are repeating the success that we've already had. As soon as one person has bought anything from your website, you want that to happen again. Over time, the aggregated information of the optimal path to purchase is trackable and then replicable. That's what you're looking for in your marketing KPIs. We take a look at some engineering KPIs, the very basics Uptime, how often is your website down? How often is it up? How much better can you make it? 
obviously you're you know seeking perfection and as close therein as you can get page load time these kinds of things will affect marketing KPIs it'll affect the number of people who bounce out of your site so you want to track how long it takes to load pages this is an engineering issue it could be a design issue as well and the engineers are going to have to have discussions with the designers indicating what has to happen to make page load time a whole lot faster if it becomes an issue for you the number of SKUs or items or things that you offer and so on. If you're into um, a retail or e-tailer uh, work, the number of SKUs you have in there are actually part of somehow an engineering report. It says we have this many SKUs and so many are functional and operable and we've been able to upload it on a regular basis or we haven't, whatever it is. You're going to want to know the freshness of it. You're going to want to know the... Um, the, the number that they can get in there in a certain amount of time. It isn't always about the marketing folks writing something around your SKU. It might be literally the amount of time it takes to enter a new one or maintain the system that you already have or clean it up and so on. You want to know things like 404s and other error messages. As often as there are error messages, you want that reduced. Those are things that your engineering department can tell you about. And certainly, you're going to want to know about the development schedule KPIs. In other words, the key performance indicators that tell you that your next iteration of whatever you're building is either on time, going to be delayed, and by how long, and the next time you estimate the development time, you'll have a better handle on what it really takes to get things done. Generally speaking, the fewer people you have working on a project, the faster it's going to get done. You probably have a simpler project. It's the first iteration of whatever you're building. Your uh, you know, minimum viable launch here right, is much easier than three and four and five years down the road when you've got 50 people on an engineering team developing the new website. It's a whole nother game. So understand that over time, development actually takes longer, even though you're throwing more people at it and perhaps more money at it as well. It doesn't always mean that it will take less time to do things. When your engineering team is able to tell you things like, if you gave us more money and we had another developer, it would actually help, or if we have more people on this project, it will slow us down because we simply have to communicate and we have to, I don't know, check balances against each other. So that's the killer piece. Is it really worth throwing more money at it? At some point, you get to this flex point and it no longer improves your key performance indicator. In other words, reducing the time to market or reducing the time to fix whatever it is you're looking for. We talked about some very basic KPIs today, but I hope you have a better sense of how to look at it. Always following, if you will, the profit or the money backwards. You want to develop things that you'd like to track to say, how do we improve the amount of money flowing into our accounts, reduce the money that is leaving our accounts, or not necessarily reduce the money, but reduce it in relation to the amount that's coming in. Every metric is balanced by another metric. Make sure you're looking for the optimal balance in between. This is Jillian Music at CEO Coach. We'll be back next week with another edition. I hope you'll check us out on Facebook.com slash CEO Coach Podcast. You can download these shows at webmasterradio.fm and through iTunes.
This has been a presentation of WebmasterRadio.fm, the world's largest business-to-business radio and podcast network. We welcome you to sample past episodes of this program, as well as our complete library of programs, on demand or on the air via our 24-7 live audio stream at www.WebmasterRadio.fm. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited.